Hey everyone, this is Philip Riccobono, and I know my name is too long for podcasting or broadcasting, so suggest a new name. Maybe Philip Rico. I don't know. Um, anyhow, on this week we were at the Tokyo Dome, and I had the uh, privilege, if you want to call it that, of meeting with uh, John Gibson, a journalist and a podcaster, host of Japan Baseball Weekly. Uh, we met right outside the Tokyo Dome, and, well... We took the gloves off at times, uh, you know, I had to use some verbal judo. Uh, but anyhow, we talked about the latest and greatest going on in Japanese baseball, uh, such as uh, Masahiro Tanaka, Wadimir Koko Ballantine shattering the, the home run record, and much more. Now next time, on the next ComingToAmericaBaseball.com podcast, I will be joined by none other than Niger Morgan. That's right, Tony Plush. He didn't bring Tony Gumbo to Japan, but Niger Morgan of the DNA, DNA, excuse me, DNA, Yokohama Bay Stars, will join us on video and audio. And uh, what a treat you're in for! What a dynamic, fun, uh, enjoyable time uh, it was for myself, and I think Niger had a good time too. And also, we were joined by his interpreter, Atsushi Nagamata. So uh, that's coming up on the next podcast, and you don't want to miss that one. Uh, the teaser is uh, going viral. Well, not really, but a lot of people are enjoying the teaser. You can see it on YouTube at comingtoamericabaseball.com's YouTube page. That's coming to A-M-E-R-B-B on uh, YouTube and Twitter. So anyhow, we'll go into our promo for uh, Taqueria. The greatest Mexican food. Don't, don't, don't just take it from me. That's right. Dana Evelyn and Denny Batista of the Hanwha Eagles, they go there. Uh, Denny gets hooked up with extra guacamole from what I understand, and you might too if you, if you just ask Jacob. And also Dana Evelyn, being from California, uh, knows Mexican food. Not talking about Del Taco and Taco Bell. Talking about authentic Mexican food from Southern California. And, and he's there, you know, a, a lot. I've seen him there. I've chatted with him there. So, Taqueria... Uh, in Tejon, you'll hear that promo, and, and John Gibson apparently likes Mexican food too. Enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone, for the best Mexican cuisine in all of Korea, in my opinion, it's Taqueria and Tejon. Jacob and Susie, real Mexicans, making Mexican food. Supposedly the only Mexicans in Korea who own a Mexican restaurant. And, and anyhow, uh, burritos, uh, nachos that are off the hook. Tell them that you heard about it here on the podcast, and it'll give you 15% off and maybe a beer or two. That's Taqueria 042-242-1600 in Tejon. Today, special podcast coming to you from the Tokyo Dome, which is not just the site of the stadium we'll get to in a minute, but my old buddy and <laughs> Nino's arch nemesis. <laughs> my new buddy, give old me buddy. Thing. I'm going to take over this podcast. First of all, I'm hungry. John Gibson. I, I love Mexican food. <laughs> I oh, just, okay, you go and introduce me. Jo right. John Gibson. That's the intro. Right. John Gibson of what is the name of your newspaper now? The newspaper is called the Japan News. And your it's podcast. Formerly the Yomiuri, the Daily Yomiuri. Okay. Which I don't even remember. And of name. course, Japan Baseball Weekly, which right. put me in touch with um, John, and maybe I'm going to get to meet the great Jim Allen a little later on. Uh, John, a lot of things going on here outside the Tokyo Dome besides the Giants going into the, today's game about to clinch. Yeah, but there's no nachos, man. You got me all hungry and you got all worked up on Mexican food. You're talking about this stuff and then you don't bring any? Yeah. What the hell is this? Bring it over get from bad. Korea. You got to come over to Korea. Yeah, okay. We'll roll out the red carpet for you, man. All right. <laughs> so, um, 
another thing I wanted to ask you is, will I get my picture on Facebook after this podcast? I mean, I came all the way to Japan to see you, and I noticed these other guys who, you know, <laughs> haven't had you on their podcast, maybe don't even have a podcast. This some Latin American dude came and went right, to Outback so, so with you're gonna, you're gonna and then Patrick. Me in the bag with questions. That's not even the questions. That's just a blade. <laughs> In between my shoulder blades here. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get you a picture. Okay, cool. We'll get you a picture before we leave. All right. Um, so you're out of the office today. It's your day off. You did some running? Yeah, I did a 15K run this morning. Uh, wanted to do more, but I'm getting old. <laughs> That's all I have to say about all. that. <laughs> it's a beautiful day here in Tokyo. I don't know. It's got to be close to 80. Not too much humidity. Um, I love this time of the year. Kind of remind you of SoCal, where you're from? Uh, not at all, because it's hum- It's a little bit humid. Uh, in, in Southern California, it'd be about, I don't know, 95. Uh, I'm from San Bernardino, mm. so it'd be about 95 and just hot and dry, and you, know, you just want to stay inside. But, you know, I go outside, I go running back over there as well and get a workout in. So, But it doesn't remind me at all of Southern California, only, only the fact that it's not raining. What do you run a mile in? In my legs. <laughs> <laughs> However, the fast I don't I, the no, witty I, I, John Gibson. I, I, the witty. <laughs> I run them in uh, Adidas shorts. <laughs> you got to be specific. <laughs> okay, let's technically. What is your time for a mile? I would say between eight and nine minutes, but I don't know. I, I run uh, five today. My average was five and a half minutes per kilometer. So I don't know what that translates to. I can always count on John to set me straight. He's like the big brother I never had. You know, I heard somebody else on one of your podcasts set you straight like about a thousand times on that thing. Don Barris? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Comedian extraordinaire. I'm surprised you didn't have bruises on your backside uh, after that one. He's a tough guy, but a good guy. He's, it's, it's a lot of it's an act. That's I think you act. have a lot of big brothers is what I'm I, trying I, to say. I, you know, I'm an only child. You, Nino. <laughs> but anyhow, all, all good advice. All good advice. Make all me right. a better guy. Um, what a time here in Japan for baseball. Um, I, I would say one of the most exciting times that I can remember as a journalist is this one of the most eventful, exciting times for you. You've got Tanaka, who, you know, if he wins again today, will extend that record. And, of course, Coco Ballantine um, shattering the home run record uh, last week. And you were there on the scene. I saw you behind them. Is this the most exciting time for you as a journalist here, baseball journalist here in Japan? Uh, I would have to say this is one of the, the most memorable seasons that I've experienced. You know, I've been covering for this paper since 2005. Uh, I started covering in 1995, just covering the Dragons in Nagoya. Uh, there have been some exciting seasons and some memorable seasons. Uh, I've seen Tuffy Rhodes and Alex Cabrera go to 55 home runs. I've seen uh, Hideki Matsui get to 50. So... I can't say that this is, I don't want to live in the now and say that this is the most exciting, but we haven't had anything like this where we've had two players who have broken and set records that no one has ever touched before, uh, particularly with Masahiro Tanaka. Makun has just been, he's been, in fact, I I want to watch his game today. I forgot to set the tape recorder, but anyway. um, Yeah, Makun throwing the way he has. Uh, Valentin, you know, I think we had a question on our podcast saying, who's going to be remembered in this year? Is it going to be the year of, of Valentin? Is it going to be the year of Malkun? And I think everybody digs the long ball. I can't see... Yeah. We're going to stop it here for a second. We have a, a man walking by with a, a cart. I know. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I, 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 where was I? I can't see, you know, Long ball. Everybody loves the long everybody, ball. Everybody chicks the like long, the long ball. Well, everybody. <laughs> they, they made it for chicks so that it would be a, a good TV commercial, but everybody likes the long ball. Um, maybe not pitchers. But, uh, so I think it's going to be Valentin's year to remember, but of course he's not a native. He's not, he's not someone a lot of kids are going to emulate when they're, when they're starting to play sports uh, as young people, so probably among the Japanese uh, natives here, I think Makun is going to be the person they remember in 2013, whereas a lot of, a lot of players and probably a lot of uh, uh, people abroad are going, to, are going to look at it as Valentin's year. And he's not a native, and neither were some of the other guys from the past who tried to break the record. Well, um, neither is the person who set the record. Uh, he's you know, not, half Chinese. Not, yeah, yeah. He's not, he's not, uh, Chinese last name, Sadahara Oh. That that's a great point, and not no one really brings that up. But has this has Coco Ballantine breaking the record kind of opened up or or improved racial tolerance here in Japan? You know, I don't think because <laughs> people were cheering for him and and guys were pitching at him and and letting him you know give him a chance to do it. Where in the past guys were getting pitched around and it was a whole national pride, Sadahara Oh, he's our countryman type of thing. From what I read. Yeah, the you know the social impact of, of him breaking this record. I, I don't know how much that is because, in the end, it's the guys on the field who get to do. Uh, they're in control of everything, so we can only watch. Um, racial tolerance. I, I I don't know that just because he's got this record now that you know that when I go somewhere, uh, people are not going to treat me like differently from the way they've treated me for 20 years or 20 plus years that I've been in Japan. I don't, I don't think it has much to do with that. However. Uh, that being said, with the impact of a guy breaking such a coveted record and uh, such a hallowed record, um, yeah, you can say that, I guess, among the, the baseball world, in the baseball community, that there's more acceptance uh, for these players who come over. And they really work as hard as the Japanese. And in some, some players' cases, obviously, the training regimen has been is different, completely different from what they've done their entire careers and now they come over and they see how hard these Japanese players work. Some of them adopt it and they try to work just as hard and some of them say, hey, look, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Um, do teams it, have a problem with that? It, it just varies. It's just like, you know, from house to house on the same block. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people have dinner at 5, some people have dinner at 5.30, some people have dinner at 6, some people tolerate certain things and some people don't. It's the same way with all these teams. I don't think there's a blanket uh, blueprint that people use across the board. So um, hopefully with, with, with the way Ballantine has come over and what he's done, because I don't think he works just as hard as the Japanese players, and that's not to say that he doesn't work hard. But uh, with his physical build and his physical makeup, I don't think that it's a good thing to have him doing as much running yeah. as, say, an infielder on your team. Uh, some He's young a big boy. He's a big yeah. guy. So, so it's, it's just different. It's just different. What was it like behind the scenes uh, covering it? What will stand out in your mind? What's the memory that is etched in, what is etched into your memory probably forever from that whole experience for you? Well, I can only talk about, because uh, I only went to a couple games. Once you got near 50... Five and almost tied the record. I went to a couple games and he failed to get it one night, and then the next night he hit it. So those two nights, I just recall the the, the gathering, the throng of media people who would stand in front of the dugout and wait and take pictures and take video of his every move. And you know his kind of approach was to try to keep it 
as a regular season game, stay relaxed and stay in the baseball moment. And what I mean by the baseball moment is, you know, when you go up to the batter's box, you have to know, you have to have your plan, you have to try to execute your plan in the batter's box, no matter what is happening outside of that. And I think he had to focus on that, and I think he was able to do that, even though he was, he was, you know, he hasn't really changed his swing all season. He's been swinging like a madman. I told somebody before, it looked like he's trying to chop down trees with one swing. <laughs> and, and, and he's a he's hacker. Been, yeah, he has, he's been swinging like that all season, so that's that's no surprise. But I think he had to stay focused. So no particular moment in time that's going to stand out for me. I just I just remember uh, after he had the, the record-breaking home runs. He had two of them that night. A, a two-run mm-hmm. homer and a solo homer. He, uh, <laughs> I like the imitation <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, in the press uh, in the press conference, the the, the man who caught. The record-breaking home run was in the press conference, and he was—he wanted to give Coco the ball, and in exchange for the ball, he received a bat, a Swallows, a signed Swallows jersey, and Coco also gave him some cleats. But when he gave him the the Swallows jersey, the signed Coco jersey, he he placed it in front of him, and like you would do if you were in a in a in a store not wanting to try on that garment, but just placing it in front of your chest to see if, how it looks on you. He placed the, the jersey in front of the guy, and the guy was obviously a Tigers fan. Oh. And he didn't want anything to do with oh. this jersey, and he was turning his head to the side and making kind of a face. But, uh, you know, he was going to gladly accept the jersey. He just yeah. didn't want to wear it. Japanese just, guy? Japanese guy, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, that was kind of a, a, a light moment that happened at the end of that press conference that was pretty funny. But yeah, nothing that particularly stands out. It's just it was a great moment just just to be there, and uh, of course we did our our podcast among the crickets, chirping, uh, in the dugout in the dugout yeah. there, and um, I couldn't block them out. But uh, <laughs> but you know it was just good to be there at that time in that moment and and know that it was part of history and having been there that was that was a big thing for me. It was just nice to be there. And you got a picture right behind him holding your. Um, Tape recorder. Yeah, that was on Home Run 55 night. That was the, the Wednesday night uh-huh. that, that week. And uh, as I explained on my show, I kind of just popped out of the... I'm sorry, I was walking by the dugout, and I was going to fall in line with everyone else to get a couple comments, and he popped out of the dugout at that moment. It was just it was just timing, which is everything in baseball, right? So he handled it pretty well. I mean, I, I, I tried to interview him the other day, and I didn't give any notice or anything. Uh, the Bay Stars were nice enough to approach the Swallows for me. But um, he seemed kind of like uh, reserved and, you know, he did some interviews. But um, what, what as, as, a, as a guy off the field, have you gotten to know him at all? What's What he's like, his, his personality? Not really off the field, but even on the field, I can't see any way that he would change. He's kind of the happy-go-lucky guy and he's He's just fun-loving. I mean, uh, one memory I have is his first year. He was at one of the All-Star games at the at Yokohama Stadium, and someone, one of the Japanese players, was getting an interview, and they were being asked questions, and they had a little board, and uh, they were asking this Japanese player uh, who has the best whatever. And you know, Coco couldn't read it; he couldn't understand what was going on. But he he sneaks up behind this player and you know twists his hat like sort of like CC Sabathia wears his cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, twist his head you know you got to wear it like this you know I mean you know that's the kind of guy yeah. he is and he's yeah. just kind of fun loving so I haven't gotten to know him so much off the field um, but I can't see if he's doing that kind of stuff at the park he must be even more fun away from the park 
did you have a taste of his uh, the the wine the uh, the home run wine that was sold? No, I did not. I, I'm a, a non-drinker, so I probably wouldn't anyway. Okay. okay. <laughs> now moving past uh, Coco over to uh, Tanaka, what is his nickname again? Makun. Makun. Okay, and which means? Kun is just another word for for that they use for males. It's it's like Mister. Okay. But it's it's a more it's less honorific. It's more casual. And Ma is for Masahiro, his the, the kanji character for his. Uh, uh, first name Masa, Masahiro is, is they just stretch it out to Ma, and so Ma Kun. Well, this dude's been been pretty much <laughs> lights out. Uh, you know, you and I had some discussion. You actually have made me more of a well, he's made me more of a believer. But you believed in him way before I did. I don't know if he's going to get you Darvish money if he does make the jump. Uh, wait a minute, stop this okay. right here. I never said I believed in him. I just questioned you for why you didn't believe in him. I think that was our Which conversation. Which leads me to believe you believe in them. No, I'm just trying to understand what you're basing your opinion on. Well, what <laughs> what I saw so far and what I saw at the WBC wasn't great in that first game, but then there are reports that he was maybe hurt. But um, And the other thing is, too, and still, in the postseason, I don't know if he pitched in that one year that they went to the postseason, his team, the Rakuten? Yeah, he Rakuten. Rakuten Eagles. That was back in 2009? Uh... Yeah. And they went out, I think, in the first round or something? No, they got through the first round, and they lost in the second round, as I recall. But I'll look it up. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyhow, uh, you know, the only thing with, with Darvish is that I saw him more on the bigger stage. And, you know, I think he had a ring or two here. And WBC, you know, he came out of the bullpen with a lot of pressure on him. I remember he got Derek Jeter out and closed out the whole thing against Korea. So that was that's my only gripe, not gripe, but that's my only concern with them is I want to see him more on, uh, you know, the big stage. And I think now with this record and him carrying it out, he kind of is performing on the big stage under a lot of pressure. So, so you didn't believe in him from one game, but now that he's put 24 good games together, now you're kind of a believer. Man, I'm gonna smack you. It's not just one game. It's it's. I I well, want to see him more on the bigger in the stage. World baseball classic in March when guys are not ready. I, right. I don't and, know. And maybe hurt. Yeah, I, I don't know about the injury or anything. I, I don't think anybody's 100 percent at that time of year, especially I'm, pitchers. He's winning me over with each win. Let's oh. put it that way. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> after after 25 or 24 or 25 games, now I'm starting to believe. Man, I'm gonna smack you. It's the it's the big stage that I'm concerned with. That's There's, it. No, it doesn't matter what kind of big stage. This is professional baseball, man. People are trying to beat your head in. I know. If you can go out there and beat them 21 times in a row, or even 15. Yes. 15 times in a row. With 10. With the ball. Five, with, dude. With, with controversy about the with controversy about the ball this man, year too. I'm gonna smack you. Come on, John. <laughs> I know karate. You. Well, then you can smack me back, but I'm right. getting my lick in. I'm going to get some arm bars in there. <laughs> I'm going to get my lick in first, if that's the way you're going to handle it. One game, or two games? Two games? Two games what? In the World Baseball Classic, and you just, your thumbs down in the game. No, that's not the only reason. It's just, it, it's in the past, and you, he hasn't and you, been on the big stage as much so you want as Darvish. Guys, so you want a guy who's been, who fails on a, oh, I'm sorry, succeeds on a big stage, but is usually in the, in the middle of the season useless. That's what you want. I want a guy who could <laughs> who could win a championship. Because it's all about the stage. I want to see a guy who who when the you know but, when he's when he's in the, in the postseason well, or on the big stage how he does and, and yeah this has been pretty big each start for him he's getting more attention but anyhow moving past that to, to uh, 
what, what are you hearing about him? Now I'm hearing the posting is going to change to the th- top three teams that bid the highest. The player will get to decide. Where do you see him going if that's, if that's the case? Have you heard anything where he would like to go? I don't know where he would like to go, and I think those thoughts uh, are sealed somewhere deep, deep uh, down in his his. Any ties to the U.S.? That he's not going to he's not going to reveal that to anybody yet. But um, what I've heard from a scout is that look, the big the big players are the teams that are going to be involved in this whole thing. Now I don't know how the posting system is going to change. If it does, if they can't work out a deal, it's just going to stay the way. The rules will stay the way they are now. I, mm-hmm. I can't see the top three teams and all that other stuff. I, I just think that people are going to make an open bid, and people will just go as high as they can afford to go um, and just stop with the secrecy. But I don't know. We'll have to see how that plays out. Do you like the top three <clears throat> bid system, that, that, that proposal? Would I like it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you still have a situation where you have to outbid blindly. Mm-hmm. So, no. <laughs> I want to see... I, I want to see... If you're a player, you have to like it. Certainly. for the, yeah. I mean, with the, the problem with the posting system now, and I think, uh, uh, what's his name, Don Nomura, just tweeted about it the other day. He says, after millions of millions of dollars, now they, they, they've suddenly discovered that the posting system heavily favors NPB. <laughs> and that's the situation. You're playing a bunch of teams just for negotiating rights, so the team gets richer in that respect, so it gets money. And then, but if they come to, if they don't come to an agreement with the player, well, the team yeah, gets they, nothing. this is contingent yeah. on the, the mm-hmm. fact that they, if they eventually come to an agreement. I mean, the, the, the money for Iwakuma wasn't that much, but uh, and then again, the money for a guy with the Oakland A's who hasn't played a lick in the, in the majors this year, Hiroyuki Nakajima, was was minimal at best. But uh, still, it favors the Japanese team because they, they're going to they're going to get that money. You don't know if you're going to mm-hmm. get production or not. Okay, so. What you really want to do is put uh, this situation where it's not heavily favoring one side, and it gives you a chance to. Uh, it's a mosquito. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it gives you a chance to um, make it fair. John for just both hit teams. me on the leg after he threatened to slap me with a towel. Um, all right, yeah. <laughs> I hit him with a towel. <laughs> I don't think there's anything to whine about. Uh, so, do you want these teams to? Uh, pay out a bunch of money. I mean, it's, I mean, imagine if it's your team. They're forking up all this cash for a guy that they don't know if they, he's going to have success or not. I mean, you know, look at Matsuzaka. I mean, that's a disaster. And um, first couple of years it looked okay. Well, I mean, look at all the money they spent and look at all the production, the, mm-hmm. the, how little production they got. Was it worth it? Kagawa. You got to say no. K, yeah, that's, that was the a, worst one. A mitigated disaster. But anyway, I mean, I could have told him that if they'd have just asked me. <laughs> we don't. Get he's it. back here now, right? Yes, he is. He's with doing the okay. Buffaloes. He's doing. I wouldn't say there's a K on it. He's just oh, <laughs> just an O. <laughs> he can't afford the K. Uh, John Gibson, the wordsmith, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so um, you want to make it fair for both sides. You want to make it so that the Japanese team gets some compensation, but the the major league team doesn't have to fork out too much cash. And then, you know what I say? Make it compensatory. If the guy does X and Y and Z, then we'll, we'll give you more money. Incentives. Uh, and, and then, well, let's do it that way. Mm-hmm. And then that way, uh, it's based on, you know, both sides are getting a fair take on, on, on this commodity. But right now, it's just the Japanese side making a lot of money, losing, a, obviously, a name, a big-name player, uh, a player that they can use to... Um, 
promote their teams and, and the face of their team. So it's a big loss for them, but certainly uh, it's a big loss financially for these MLB teams. Set the stage for today where Masahiro Tanaka will pitch uh, later on. Are Japanese folks glued to their TV sets in living rooms and sports bars watching him? Is, is, what, what? Sports bars? Any sports uh, th- bars? There's a few sports bars, but I wouldn't say nationally people go to sports bars okay. to watch these things. It's more of a, I mean, a Japanese sports bar is more of a pub. But um, I, I, I wish I could set the scene for you. I think when he was chasing this record and chasing this mark and he was still, let's say, in the, it was he, he was in the middle of co- coming up and doing it. It was a different situation because we didn't know if he was going to get it. Now right. that he holds the record and he's just looking to extend it, I, I think there are other things to watch on TV and we'll just see if he wins now. I think the drama, the drama has been sucked out of it a little bit. But for me, yeah, I want to watch every game that he throws and, and I want to try to see. You know, we haven't seen him put in a really good pitching performance recently. He just, he's just winning games because that team is good and because he's keeping them he's giving them and he does it with every pitcher goes out there to do every time they take the mound which is they always say this and they beat it like the like the dead horse that the microphones become <laughs> when they when they're stuck in front of these players faces just try to keep our teams in the game and that's what he does mm-hmm. but his team is good and they're winning and he's and he seems very intense and very pumped up which I kind of like, which and I'm sure the the crowd and the team feeds off of that. The home team and the home crowd, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, the home crowd when they're home feeds off of it, and they they come to expect it. The team, you know, they trust him. I mean, the players are standing out there and they're saying, "Well, we know he's not going to put a ball in peril. He's not going to throw it right down the middle, and we don't have to worry about him costing us the game with a with a with a mistake." On the other hand. He's not striking everybody out, so you've mm-hmm. got to make plays behind him, and they're doing it. You know, so uh, I think they, you know, they treat him like if you watch them, and they're not doing anything uh, to an extreme just because he's on the mound because they want him to win. They're playing the game the way it should be played, which is they're paying attention to all the little details, positioning, uh, who's at bat, what what they're anticipating, what he might throw in certain counts to certain players, and they. They, they move appro- appropriately, and they're, they're making plays. Do you mind if we walk and talk? Sure. All right, because I've got to go meet someone. Yeah. We're, we're walking and talking now back to the Tokyo Dome, where underneath the Tokyo Dome, or a level below it, uh, John is nice enough to take time out of his off day to meet us here. Meet me. There's really no one else. Uh, I'm struggling with the cup. John is just taking it out of my hands. Thank you, John. Play by play. Okay. All right, so I'm now all PR, and that's what he's doing. It's just all <laughs> PR. So, uh, what's remarkable about Tanaka doing this is the big debate this year about um, the ball being juiced or livened. I don't know what it is. I used the word juiced, and a couple of people jumped down my throat on on Twitter. John, what do you think about? It? Is it juiced or is it livened? All right. Well, we had a new ball, a more say, basically a dead ball was introduced in 2011 and you know I'm not a physics I didn't even take physics in college or anything I can't tell you I can't tell you exactly what it is all I know is the something that we wrote in our paper the other day was the restitution coefficient and basically that's the impact coefficient was changed slightly to bring the ball and like we explained on our podcast 
previously the ball the uh, <clears throat> the ball that was introduced in 2011 many of those balls were falling below the parameters and below the specifics the specs that they had set up for the ball and that was leading to a, a, a lot less production from players so all they did was add point zero two or point zero four to this coefficient it's a very slight change but it gave it's obviously given the ball a little bit more life but it's not juiced it's just that more balls are testing within the parameters that they wanted the ball to be in so that it's not a dead ball it's not a live ball it's just a regular ball that's been enlivened a little bit altered <laughs> to altered benefit the hitters well, any, anything that makes it liver more lively is going to benefit the hitters, but it's not juiced. And if you ask the hitters, I'm sure they'd like to go back to the days before 2011 and use that ball. <laughs> so there you have it, the explanation about the ball being juiced or livened. Okay, um, I'm supposed to meet someone here now. Let's see if we see him, her, a friend. Uh, I'll cut, I'll edit this out. <laughs> I don't see her. Okay, we could go back to uh, over here. Now, here in Japan, people are rarely late, uh, unlike the states where people show up a half an hour late, especially California. Um, so I'm a little surprised she's hey, not here hey, yet. Hey, hey, hey. But I, I you know. You say, are you just smacking me every time you get, man? No, but John's, been, John, John's, a diff, John's an exception. First off, he's been in Japan a long time. That had nothing to do with it. I was always <laughs> prompt when I was a child. Okay. Get out of here, man. I'm going to smack you. <laughs> I'm going to get my lick in. I'm going to get beat down here today. You, you just I said might, you knew karate, I so might you are going to get beat down. I might have Make to use your my, mind, man. <laughs> I might have to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> I already got beat up by Don Barris, the great comedian, creator of Windy City Heat, um, the Big Three podcast. Anyhow, getting back to John, and uh, one of my favorites over the years, and I would say the most consistent pitcher to come over from Japan, most steady guy, too bad he came over so late in his career, um, Hiroki Kuroda, okay? He's lost his, his fifth straight decision with the Yankees. He becomes a free agent after this year. Uh, where do you think he's going, John? Is he coming back oh. here or retirement? No, I don't think he's going to retire, and I don't think he's going to come back to Japan. I mean, there are a lot of teams. I mean, San Diego could use him. Heard uh, the Angels. The Angels could use him. Any team that needs a, a guy. I mean, look at what he's done. He's tried to carry or been. A, he's brought in as a number four, maybe number five starter when he went to the Yankees, when the Dodgers kind of tossed him aside. And he's become basically a number one at times, a number two. And he, he really carried the staff, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. D definitely this year, he has. Missed, missed one start or just got pushed back. But other than that, he's pissed a lot. He lost a lot of games because, again, you can't. it's not easy to win these games. Uh, your team's got to score. And the Yankees really haven't been able to score consistently lately. So, you know. Uh, where, where he might go, like I said, uh, San Diego could use him. I think that's a cheap uh, replacement for uh, whatever they have over there, I mean, Eric Stoltz and guys like that. Uh, uh, San Francisco could use him. I mean, anywhere. I, I think he'll be in the States. I'm pretty sure he'll be in the States. Okay. My friend has arrived, so uh, we, we still have a few more minutes left here. I'm talking with John Gibson, writer, 
podcaster, journalist, baseball man, uh, who brings baseball to the rest of the world via English. Hi, Rico. This is John. This is Rico Chan. Hi, Rico. Nice to meet you. Here, sit down. We're just talking. A few more minutes here. Uh, we're actually <clears throat> recording this for my podcast. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, where were we? Oh, Ichiro. Next, next, next question. Ichiro. Does he follow uh, Mariano Rivera and now Andy Pettit to retirement? Yeah, I don't see him retiring, but this is a hard ball to follow, so to speak. I can't imagine where he'd be next year, but I don't think the Yankees need that kind of production from that kind of player. I think, uh, yeah, I don't see him coming back to Japan or anything, so I think he'll find another major league team where he can contribute and stay over there and you know, get his at-bats in and up his hit total. I think that's what he wants to do. What a year for him. How how was how was it covering um, him getting to 4,000 this year? How, how, how was that taken over here in Japan? Well, obviously they uh, did more. I mean, it seemed like in the States, all of a sudden they said, oh, by the way, Ichiro's coming up on 4,000 hits combined. But here in Japan, we, 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 we knew that he was going to pass or surpass that mark this year. And there was kind of a countdown and a lead up and you know, on the news sometimes that the news programs I would watch, uh, you would see, okay, he's, he's only 15 hits away, he's, he's only you know, 10 hits away, and what does it mean? And, you know, Pete Rose talk came up again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that always is, is going to be a point of contention, I think, for, for U.S.-based baseball aficionados. But I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people show the respect to Japan, Japanese baseball by saying, hey, look, 4,000 hits, 4,000 hits. Uh, it's not easy to, to accumulate that many hits. It's not. It's no easy feat. And I think what we've seen with Ichiro is him losing his, his speed and his ability to beat out infield hits has certainly sought, led to his lack of production or you know led to his hit rate going down this year. But it was it was played out really big. I think. Uh, when he got number 4,000, I think there was even some extras from some of the sports daily. So it was a big deal when he, he went over it. And he's well-respected here. And I think people, you know, especially fans, want to see him come back and play when he's done in the major leagues. I just don't think he's going to do it. But uh, well, well-respected, well, well-liked. I want to tell you a story about what I did yesterday. I went to my first sumo match. And I noticed the fans mostly... Wait, wait, wait. You went to your first sumo wrestling tournament. Okay. Because there are lots of matches in the gym. That's right. That's right. Such Thank you. The wordsmith and the big brother, John guy. Gibson, <laughs> making me a better man. Went to my first sumo tournament, and I noticed the fans, mostly Japanese, enthralled with the salt throwing pre-match. They seemed more into that than the actual competition, which took all of about 10 seconds each match. Um, I thought of Niger Morgan and his showmanship playing to the crowd. So the sumo wrestlers playing to the crowd and Niger's connection with Japanese fans made me think Niger's the perfect fit here. His T-symbols in between pitches and other moves just work great. I think I saw similarities between Tony Plush and sumo wrestlers. Now, what does that say about the culture here in Japan? <laughs> it says that when people come over from another country and they see the culture, they look for something to, to mix it with. I think nothing that my, Niger Morgan does has 
any similarity to sumo. <laughs> well, the throwing of the salt, him throwing his tees and, and getting... Throwing and the, the tees. Right, throwing the tees in the yeah, outfield. Yeah, crazy? <laughs> it, it just, it just seems like... I don't they, see any the, similar there similarities was, at all. But that's me. I mean, okay. it's all about perspective, and, and I can appreciate your perspective. I don't see it. I think um, the, the salt... The shaking of the salt and sumo, I mean, that, that is to purify, to right. take the evil spirits out of the out of the dojo. I don't think Niger Morgan is talking, is thinking about purifying anything. When no, he's no, no, no. I'm not saying that at, he's thinking about that. The fact that, that he's, he's doing something before games or right. after good plays or something. Uh, because in sumo, it's actually, uh, you know, you're not supposed to show emotion. Even if you win, there's no fist pumping, there's no high-fiving, there's no smiling. You know, you get out of, the, you respect the dojo, and then when you're done with your match, you walk away. And that's the opposite of what Nigel Morgan represents. I mean, everything is a smile, whether he's got a good play or uh, a play where he barely missed a, making a catch, he still gets up smiling, and it's all about having fun. And I, I just don't see the similarities, but that's me. Well, I I didn't know that the salt, you know, there's not supposed to be any emotion by these wrestlers and stuff like that. But when the salt was thrown, the people went crazy. And when Nigel throws those signs, people go crazy. And that is outside of the competition. So I just thought that might be a parallel right there. And, you know, working the, kind of work, both of them working the crowd in a way. Maybe the sumo wrestlers don't mean to, but it does pump up the crowd. Um, and Niger, obviously, it's more deliberate, but enjoyable. How has Japan... All right, well, I'll, be, I'll be looking for your, uh, your, your essay on the social <laughs> impact of uh, Niger Morgan's teas versus the social economic the impact salt. of the throwing the, the salt, salt throwing. the sumo. I'll be looking for okay, that. Okay, okay. Yeah. And you'll, you'll correct <laughs> And then, well, no, no. <laughs> then, then if you can convince me, then I'll, I'll, I'll move over to your side. Okay. Um, so anyhow, um, they love him here, and I sat down with him, and so did you. And I would tell you, I was a little nervous beforehand. I thought he was going to run out and say, "Ah, I gotta go," or "Ah, bio." <laughs> but he—I mean, I was Rico was there with me, and we got there a little bit late. We were trying to find the entrance, and I was like, "Oh, I know in Japan you have to be prompt," and I thought maybe they'll they'll cancel the interview. It's the base start, dude. You're all right. But it was, <laughs> but they were so cool, and he was so cool. And he calmed me down and, and made us feel great um, to be there. I, I mean, I, 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 he made me feel like I knew him for, for my whole life. We must have hugged 20 times. But anyhow, um, I could just see why the fans love him here. He just his infectious laugh and getting the crowd into it. Is it a perfect marriage, Niger Morgan and J- Japanese baseball? Um, first of all, you, you must be single. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect marriage, uh, that's an oxymoron. Um, I don't know. Uh, it certainly is a good, it's a, good, it's a good combination. It's a good combination with him. Uh, he knows how to entertain. That team has won more games this year than it's won in a long time, and that's, that, that helps. If they're not winning games and they're really bad and he's doing all that stuff, it just doesn't, it doesn't work so yeah. well. Uh, they, they're still a losing team, and he's getting away with it. I would like to see them win more games, but it, you know, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Uh, I think he can play here another couple, three years and at least, and, and we'll see how, how it goes. I think his production is going to be good. I, I like him. You know, I said before the season I thought he was going to add a lot to the team, and, and he has. And 
for him to uh, be so well liked among the people. I mean, when you you notice when he, he he's fun in games, but when it's time to play or when it's time to do an interview or when it's time to be serious, he is. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, it's back to fun and games because that's that's what you're supposed to do in life. You're supposed to have fun. And his manager, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, he introduced me to him. He's kind of a funny guy too. Nakahata. Yeah. Oh, he's a goofball. <laughs> so it's kind of it's it's a good match. He's a goofball. Yeah, I mean, you know, with all the personalities going on out there, uh, I think I wrote about it or said something about it. They, they really are the base stars. I mean, they, they started the season with Alex Ramirez on the roster, and he's a big star. They had Morgan, and the manager is the biggest face of all in, in, in Japan. So they have a lot of star power. They just didn't have it on the field this year. So hopefully they can figure out some way to improve their pitching and stay in more ball games, and uh, they'll probably win more if they can do that. Okay, let's try to wrap this up here with some predictions. I remember earlier in the year when I had you on the podcast, you made a prediction for the Japanese league, and uh, I should have listened to it. But who was it? Do you remember? Was it to win Gi- it all? Yeah, to win it all. God, I think I picked the Giants. You picked the Giants. Uh, you still sticking with them? I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna change. Now, what about Rakuten? If, if, I, if, if I, if indeed I did pick them, I can't remember. Rakuten. You know, um, I've been thinking about this uh, in the months that you know they took over first place. I think in June sometime, and they've been holding on to that spot since then. But I don't know about them. I'm not sold on them as a playoff team, but. Again, you know, the playoff format has the first-place team playing all the second-round matches at home, matches, games at home, and they have a one-win advantage. So they, have to, they only have to win on the field three games in a seven-game series. And they've got one pitcher who can pitch twice, and he doesn't lose. So if they can get one more win from somebody, they can get through. But I'm not sold. I, I have to see it to believe it. Okay, moving over to MLB. Uh, <laughs> congratulations to you, Los Angeles Dodgers. What a season. Three months ago, they were in the cellar, nine games out. Donnie, and I was furious. You were furious. My what, my childhood idol next to Thurman Munson, Donnie Mattingly, about to get his head chopped off. And I never liked him. You still don't? <laughs> and I, I'm, I don't I mean, know. he's handling some crazy people on that team. Well, one crazy, cra- one very crazy person, <laughs> Quiggy, Quiggy, and yeah. some other, you know, seasoned some veterans, yeah, some personalities. A lot. Yeah, I think when he signed up for this gig, I don't think they told him, oh, by the way, no, uh, <laughs> Magic Johnson's going to be your owner, uh, you're going to have a, a very talented kid who's like a wild horse, uh, like like the war horse, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you, I don't know if you saw that movie, and uh, then a bunch of veterans who, you know, they want to put their numbers up, but, you know, they, might not gel together so much as a team, so go get him, buddy. <laughs> I'm going. With, are you going with the Dodgers all the way? I, I I'm not sold on the Dodgers either. I, I don't. I didn't like. I didn't think the reason that they were losing was was because of Mattingly, Mattingly when they were losing. But I didn't think their winning had anything to do with Mattingly either. Uh, I know they do their homework. I'm just not sold that their top of the the top of their rotation is going to shut people down in the playoffs. And after the top of the rotation, Yu is is okay, but I don't know. We don't know. He's a, he's a wild card. We don't know what we're going to get. And after that, there's really nobody who can stop anyone. I think that we know that. So anyway, to make a long story short, uh, I can see anybody from the National League getting into the uh, playoffs. I'm going to pick my Dodgers because I like them, and I'm going to root for them. I wouldn't 
root for any other team, but if, if they lose, I wouldn't be surprised. In the American League, you know, I, I just think Boston's really playing really well, and, and they're they're a solid team and great rotation. You can't you can't take anything away from them, but they've they've had a history of failing in the playoffs, so they're going to have to get past that as well. So if we can see a Dodger Boston or LA Boston uh, instead of on the basketball court on the baseball field World Series, I think that'd be cool. Don't count the Yankees out. They're still alive. They're not mathematically out of it. I'm counting uh, the Yankees out. A-Rod hit a big grand slam today. Uh, out, out. So this, it is uh, September, the team is gonna retire September in the 21st. And Half. I'm just hoping Derek comes back for one more healthy year. That's all I want to see him. I don't, no, don't want to see him go out like this. Well, but you know what? That's what happens to 40-year-old guys. I'm one of them. I know. <laughs> You're 40? 48. I'm, 40, okay. I'm almost 49. But you look like you're 35, John. Well, thank you. It's all that running. So listen, uh, listen to John on Japan Baseball Weekly, right? How do people get to uh, that to, to listen to that? Japan Baseball Weekly is on iTunes, and there's if you just search for it on the internet, you will find it. And any anywhere else where the fans could uh, get in touch with you? Twitter, Facebook. Twitter, I think is uh, you have to look it up, but I think it's. Uh, uh, Japan News. If you look at, for the Japan News website and go there, you'll see Japan. JN Yaku, I think is what it is. I can look it up now as we speak, but I think it's JN Yaku is the Twitter account. You don't and use I, it much. Oh, I, I mean, I try to tweet yeah. every day. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that I don't use it much. I just I just don't remember. Yeah, JN Yaku. That's Y-A-K-Y-U. There you go. Anything else, John? That's it, man. Uh, you know, other than the false or erroneous reporting on ESPN about various things in Japan, just call us, man. We'll, we'll help you guys out. Just, you know, use us as a resource. Hey, Buster, only if you're listening, put John on your podcast. He's qualified if you want to talk about Japan. I love Jerry Kras- Kransik. Krasnick. Krasnick, but he's not over here. John is. All right? For this week, coming to AmericanBaseball.com podcast, I'm Philip Riccobono, joined by John Gibson. And the Spe- T-shirts. And the T-shirts. I gave John a whole bunch of T-shirts. To he gave give me to, more luggage than he's got now. To Jim Allen and to Jason Cosby, who couldn't make it today, stuck in the office. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, brother. That was fun. Tell me that I'm